dachte, er haut hier nicht. Hi, Paul. Hello, Janina. How lovely to see you. Yeah, how lovely to see you too. Uh, still working uh, from home uh, all the time here at uh, Ericsson in Stockholm. Uh, we are recording the Voice of 5G, our 5G podcast from Ericsson. More to the point, we're still podding from home. Yeah. And podding for 5G. So, um, uh yeah it's uh it it's a it's kind of uh existential uh experience this working from home at the moment because they're they're replacing the the uh the facing on the building or the plastering on the building so oh. all my windows are are uh well, not quite blacked out they have been blacked out but they're currently they're all covered with opaque plastic so i'm living in this little bubble uh, not the, not just the corona bubble but a complete bubble of your a complete a complete bubble i have to yeah. keep remembering to go outside to the to, to remind myself there's still a world out there mm. and i have i have heard it's raining today uh yeah sleet here in stockholm today it's may <sighs> yeah it's horrible uh anyway not no talk about weather now uh, paul we have a podcast to do today we are going to talk about millimeter wave we are yes. All we, talk be about, about we talk about uh, we talk about we talk about millimeter wave we're talking about spectrum and of course we've talked about spectrum a lot mm. But uh, this episode, we're going to focus on millimeter wave, and that's the uh, the highest spectrum bands. So that's uh, the, typically we're talking about 26 or 28 gigahertz, or maybe 39 gigahertz, possibly even higher than that. Those are the ones that seem to be uh, most common around the globe at the moment. And uh, sometimes we call it high band as well. We do call we call it high band. Mm-hmm. Uh, to differentiate from low band and mid band, strangely enough. Hmm. <laughs> everything uh, everything is relative, Janina. Yeah, yeah, because there is high high band as well. But first, perhaps we should uh, talk about what's uh, happening in the area of millimeter wave. Uh, we saw a, a speed test, millimeter speed test uh, from Ukla the other day. Yeah, I which mean, you uh, thought was comes... funny. <laughs> you started laughing. <laughs> Well, I did, but uh, but 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 first, I mean, it, it, it's a very important point. I mean, the reason that millimeter wave is interesting is because the the higher the frequency bands go, the more spectrum there is. You know, if I've got if I'm talking 20 gigahertz band, then I can get a you know a few hundred megahertz of spectrum is only a small percentage of that. If I want a few hundred megahertz spectrum at you know 1.8 gigahertz, that's like a quarter of all the spectrum that's available there. So, you know, up 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 until 1.8. So, uh, uh, you know, it's important for mobile systems in terms of capacity and speed and performance to be able to have spectrum. And you can get spectrum if you go to, to higher bands. Uh, and the speed test is, is basically saying, well, you know, the speeds that you get using 5G with millimeter wave are up to 16 times faster than if you're running 5G uh, sub six gigahertz. Uh, Interesting, of course, because this, what Ucla are doing is actually testing performance on networks. So they're, what they're saying is if you're using millimeter wave, that's what we're seeing in, in real world networks today. Um, and I laughed because 
that one of the reasons that uh, you know that the that when you say 16 times you go oh but if you think about millimeter wave you can have several hundred megahertz of spectrum compared to a few tens of megahertz of spectrum maybe in lower band um, so you know, the diff the difference in spectrum available is a big contributor to to the difference in performance uh, and then, of course, if you look at 4G networks are highly loaded and if you're using the same spectrum with 5G in it as well, then maybe the spectrum available for per user is is uh, is less as well. So maybe a millimeter per wave band today is, is relatively empty and uh, and that gives you actually better performance if you're able to use those bands. Plus the so it makes it uh, makes sense and that's yeah, why you like it. It makes sense. And, and the <laughs> millimeter wave uses been forming a lot and that is also helping you to get better throughput. Mm. But uh, then also uh, uh, big 5G news, uh, I think it was last week or the week before or any uh, anytime. Uh, anytime, anytime anyway. Uh, anytime anyway, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about Verizon. <laughs> No, Australia, I thought. Oh, Australia. Australia, Australia. Oh, yes. I, I stand corrected. Mm. I stand corrected. That probably was a week or so ago. What's happening there? Millimeter wave auctions. Uh, millimeter wave auctions. Yeah, of course. The you know a, a lot of markets. Uh, the rollout of initial rollouts of 5G have been on on midband. Uh, that spectrum has been more widely available, and it's uh, it's maybe a bit easier to roll out broad coverage using midband, or it is easier to roll out coverage using midband. So to get coverage, they've used midband um, and together with low band. Uh, and now more and more markets are opening up to be able to put in high band spectrum. Uh, and Australia here's the latest in, in that uh, auction out, or, or one of the latest auction out, uh, in this case, 26 gigahertz band. So, uh, and, and uh, it talks about Telstra and Optus spending more than 200 million Australian dollars each for high band 5G spectrum, which, which in a uh, international perspective is, is probably not that expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, but that means that uh, in the future we'll be able to use that you know, for uh, the highest capacity services in probably the most dense urban areas. Um, but potentially they can also use that um, uh, for the um, uh, fixed wireless uh, network yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think we're going to talk about that more in our upcoming uh, interview section with the uh, mm millimeter wave experts here. Yeah, uh, so you, Janina, you're, uh, there's this um, um, market intelligence report from S&P Global talking about millimeter wave auctions, which we've just talked about, of course, uh, saying how it's it's actually affecting the technology split in in the spectrum, how the spectrum is being used or the, uh, the split between the different technologies uh, using the spectrum. Uh, and fundamentally in 4G as well as 5G, uh, but uh, particularly for 5G, you can use spectrum in different ways for sending mobile signals. There's FTD um, and TDD. And FTD is frequency division, and TDD is time division. Uh, and in an FTD setup, which is quite common, which is in uh, most or a lot of 4G installations and at uh, lower frequency bands, you actually split into two separate bands and we use one band for talking to the mobile and use a different set of frequencies for talking from the mobile so that so they're totally separated by frequency so that means that you can the mobile can talk and receive all of the time 
TDD works differently. It actually only has one set of frequencies and it uses that for traffic in both directions. Um, and so you have to decide how much of the time am I going to send stuff and how much of the time am I going to listen for stuff. Uh, but TDD is much more common as you go up in the frequency bands. Um, so as we, uh, you know, as we see millimeter wave auctions and more and more spectrum being licensed for millimeter wave, then the proportion of spectrum that using TDD is increasing, and is now more than half of licensed spectrum is is being used for TDD. Uh, but it does vary a lot. Uh, from region to region. So in Latin America, it's almost all licensed spectrum is still using FDD, whereas in places like North America, most spectrum is using TDD, uh, which is kind of interesting because TDD, probably its first foothold for TDD was in uh, Asia Pacific. And last but not least, I think it was very... Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was very timely, this uh, the, the podcast that we, we wanted to do a podcast about millimeter wave. And then the night before we are recording this, Verizon uh, goes out with a press release about millimeter wave. Uh, Paul, explain. Millimeter wave. Um, well, actually, it's not just about millimeter wave. What they're, mm -hmm. what they're doing is uh, showing how by combining C-band, which is mid-band, if you like, um, with millimeter wave, uh, you can provide uh, faster, faster, faster 5G. And uh, mm -hmm. so that's uh, we're already already seen that from the Ookla results that that uh, 5G with millimeter wave is faster. And here they're demonstrating uh, 600 megahertz of uh, of uh, millimeter wave spectrum together with 100 millihertz of C band. So that's 800 megahertz uh, altogether, giving speeds of up to 4.3 gigabits per second, which is pretty quick to be honest. They were starting into the numbers that were promised for 5G back in the beginning, you could say. Um, and, uh, you know, you can say in practice, that's that's 600 megahertz. We're talking in uh, in practice that operators possibly being able to get up to 800 megahertz of millimeter wave spectrum. Um, we're seeing products that will support that kind of service and operation. So, yeah, lots to look forward to there in terms of uh, C-band, uh, sorry, in terms of um, 5G performance. Mm. Um, but it has to be said that, uh, and, and we'll hear more about that when we get to talk to our guests, but it has to be said that, uh, you know, millimeter wave uh, will never give you the coverage that you get from uh, from low band and mid band. Um, but we can actually get quite good coverage from millimeter wave because it's surprising how much coverage you can get if you uh, if you put your mind to it. But but then just to say, you know, millimeter wave going forward, one of the areas that that it will be interesting for is in indoor applications. So and when 5G comes into industrial applications, uh, you know, millimeter wave could can have a role there in terms of of uh, providing high performance indoor systems. But maybe Janine, we should talk to our guests about that because they're the experts, and I'm not. Let yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are an expert, Paul. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, deep dive into millimeter wave with our uh, 5G millimeter wave experts, Anders Helsing and Letitia Falconetti.
So today we have uh, Anders Helsing and Leticia Falconetti on the podcast. Hi Anders. Hello Janina. Hello. And Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Paul. Uh, and you you sound like you're Swedish. So Yes, I'm based here in the Ericsson headquarters in uh, in Sweden. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Let, uh, Leticia, your name sounds can I guess Italian? It sounds Italian, but I'm French. Hello, oh. Janine. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first pitfall. <laughs> yeah. And you are both here from the uh, product management of 5G software to talk to us about millimeter wave. What 5G millimeter wave? Anders, do you want to start? Yeah, I can uh, give it a try here. Uh, so. First of all, I mean, it's it's uh, super cool uh, technology. Uh, it's uh, almost kind of rocket science hardware and software. Uh, it's rather new. But, but if, if you look into a spectrum situation, I think that's a good way of starting. So, I mean, first you, you have the low band, right? Uh, which is around 700 megahertz of spectrum. Uh, of course, that's for natural wide coverage and indoor penetration, so you can utilize your your phone and so on in indoor. Uh, then you have the midband, which is then typically 3.5 uh, gigahertz of spectrum uh, for coverage and capacity. And then you have the millimeter wave, which is then the spectrum bands about 24 gigahertz. Uh, and uh, here, uh, I mean, it's a massive amount of, of bandwidth uh, that can use, be used for, for capacity, uh, targeted areas, demanding services, requiring uh, a lot of uh, bandwidth and low latency. So, so that is uh, from a spectrum perspective. And, Mm, can I can I just yeah. cut you off there? Because yeah, sure. in the last episode we did talk a lot about uh, these uh, different uh, gigahertz uh, <laughs> spectrum bands, uh, Paul. We talked about the what? W band and the C band and yes, and and E band and things. And E band, so, right? Yes. Yeah. So which so which which letter are you working with, Anders? <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. Think. It should be we'll, E we'll, D, right? We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Leticia knows this, but uh, I, I don't know. Wow. Maybe that's maybe that's homework, Janina. Yeah, I guess we have yeah. to dig deeper into this. And then just just to, just a snippet there to say that you know the reason it's called a millimeter millimeter wave is because the wavelength of the radio waves is is uh, kind of uh, around a millimeter or sub millimeter. Exactly one to ten millimeters something. And, and maybe to, to I mean further talk about what millimeter wave is, is uh, I mean, the first uh, the first 5G call on a commercial platform, both on the radio side, but also on the, the smartphone side, was made uh, on millimeter wave. It was made on a, a rooftop in the uh, US in the middle of the night, and, and a stable ping came through. Uh, mm. Uh, and then everyone was okay. This is uh, fantastic, right? And you, mm -hmm. you need to be a bit humble so, of what this is, because there have been hundreds of people working dedicated for this for many, many years. And then so when that, was that? That was, that was uh, actually it was September seventh, two thousand eighteen. Mm -hmm. 
and and then a couple of months later we uh, helped our lead customers together with the partners of course to to actually launch the first 5g service yeah and, and that was on millimeter wave you know when we started this podcast on this no was oh. that the the day when you started it, I don't know. <laughs> no, November, actually. <laughs> November. <laughs> ah, great. Well, well, wow. this December 21st was the first uh, uh, live call made. Mm. We, we, we were very timely then. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, 5G, as you say, so it starts off, like the first thing it's introduced on is millimeter way, you're saying. Uh, but now 5G is is also I mean it's it's also low band and mid band. Exactly. I mean uh, I mean you should you should not uh, uh, as an uh, operator try to build nationwide coverage with uh, millimeter wave because mm. then you need really plenty of uh, millimeter wave radios, right? So of course you need uh, to utilize the assets you have with regards to spectrum. So mid-band as I said for coverage and capacity, low-band for, for nationwide coverage and indoor. And then of course millimeter wave is a, it's a great way to, uh, to differentiate yourself. If you compare a millimeter wave service with public Wi-Fi as one example, it, it gives an average download speed that is 30 times faster. Mm. Uh, and of course, that's a way for for an end user to experience. If you're like like saying outside a, a, a Starbucks coffee or something, and then you instead of having public Wi-Fi, you have a, a really good pipe of mm. um, a really good uh, um, connection. But but it, but it, I mean that's a it's. You talk about a really good pipe, but there's there's a lot of capacity as well. So so it's good for areas where you have a high density of users and want to to take a lot of traffic from a lot of people. Exactly, that is uh, one other really key uh, benefit that the millimeter wave technology enables. I mean, it's a vast uh, uh, capacity boost in. Uh, uh, stadiums, as one example, public intersections is another uh, example. So, mm. so here it's a possibility for for operators and users to get the thrilling speeds if you are like uh, on a sport venue. Yeah, I have an analogy when I think about millimeter wave, and that's if you look at 4G. 4G uses like 20 megahertz bands of uh, chunks of spectrum for providing services and if you think of that as like one lane on a highway mm. then uh, you know on millimeter wave and using it, is it up to something like 800 megahertz of bandwidth so that's like having a 40 a 40 lane highway compared to a single carriageway road exactly and then if you have a new brand new phone it's like uh, driving a ferrari on on a on that <laughs> imagine that uh, user experience yeah I mean, not only the, the radio, it takes the whole ecosystem and the ecosystem has responded very well. So there are a lot of uh, millimeter wave capable devices now uh, that uh, is available. Uh, mm. And uh, of course, that uh, brings the interest for end users as well mm. to have this uh, great uh, speed. You can differentiate by uh, having uh, a quite good performance, uh, but it also 
for, for operators today, it's rather hard to find new sites. And the law of physics here with millimeter wave, where you have high integration of hardware, both on, on chipset level, but also on the physical box. You have the, the, the radio and you have the baseband and you have the antenna in the same box. Enables then uh, operators to, to position this in, in new locations, so densify the network, find new sites. And, and that is important when you should serve an area where you have a, a lot of people that you'd yep. like to, to serve. That's, we talked earlier about this, the, the wavelength and, and the wavelength governs how large the antennas need to be. So because the wavelength is very small, then you can build a lot. The, the antennas can be a lot smaller. So the physical size that you need to put up on this in the street or on the uh, on the antenna tower is uh, is much more as well. And then uh, just to, to mention also th this technology enables, I mean, a bit uh, forward looking uh, into industry and enterprise uh, type of use cases because the, um, it enables a, a short latency. So it's uh, uh, short TTIs or uh, uh, time slots. Uh, and uh, the massive amount of bandwidth uh, together with this uh, technology uh, gives a possibility to, to have high reliability and very low latency. It's so perfect for uh, auto plant manufacturing, as one example, where you would like to have the flexibility to move around uh, your manufacturing uh, gears uh, without having to, to route new cables, as one example. And uh, if you have uh, the reliability aspect is very important because you have, if you have a, a one minute downtime uh, of, of the production line, it could cost uh, thousands and thousands of dollars. So of course the reliability aspect here is, is very important. But I think this, this is coming a bit more towards the future. Also, millimeter wave technology here opens up for, for kind of fiber-like uh, user experience. And no one thought that, that uh, millimeter wave could reach far, but uh, it actually does. And maybe uh, I think Leticia has a bit more good information on that and our latest experience. On, on the on fixed wireless access applications. Yeah, well, um, the latest we we have seen in the field is basically in January 2021, earlier this year, we have reached seven kilometers on on millimeter wave in Australia, um, and at this type of range, which was not really, you know, considered as possible on millimeter wave. Yeah, because uh, one of the minuses with using millimeter wave is the the short distance right and the, that it gets easily blocked right? exactly yeah uh, i mean if you want today we have uh, typical networks uh, commercial networks on on 5g millimeter wave let's say they have uh, a range of around 500 meters between the base station and 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 the mobile devices so maximum right we are talking about maximum here it's in that order of magnitude and now what we've reached lately this seven kilometers is far beyond what we could have imagined uh, when we started like uh, Anders was saying when we had the first call 
end of 2020, uh, 2018. Sorry. So it's, uh, it's really incredible, I would say. And at this range, we could manage the very high speed promised by 5G millimeter wave, the gigabit per second speed download. Mm -hmm. Is that specifically for fixed wireless? Is it making use of the fact that uh, it's a fixed location you're transmitting to? Or can you apply the same to mobile devices? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, one of the uh, major reason why it's possible, it is because it's a different type of deployment. Uh, so with mobile broadband type of deployment, like regular cellular networks we have uh, today commercially, um, we could reach higher range with this type of solution, but not to this same extent. I mean, kilometers, seven kilometers, that's not possible uh, with mobile devices. But with specific deployment, with um, professional installation of the end user equipment, for instance, you can imagine the end user equipment being a bit elevated, maybe on the top of uh, a household, and um, yeah, preferably directed towards the radio base station, then you have some uh, most favorable conditions to reach this type of, of range on millimeter wave. Paul, perhaps you can quickly just uh, go through what is fixed wireless access? Fixed wireless access? Um, it's, it's, it's fairly simple, really. It's, uh, it's bringing broadband to your house, but instead of using a fiber cable, you're using the mobile network. Very um, simple. And that, you know, typical application, there's a, lots of people in Sweden, uh, you know, have summer houses and uh, often it's not economical to, to install a fibre cable and pay for it all year round just because you want to use it for a few weeks in the summer. Um, so you can have a, 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 like a fixed wireless or a broadband router, which you have at home in your in your in your uh, Stuga, in your cottage. Uh, and you can use that for connecting for for the Internet. Um, and there are different varieties and different flavors. And here we're here we're more talking about well, if I want it for my house at home and I want a really good good uh, high speed connection, then I have a maybe an antenna on the roof connected to a a, a network equipment box uh, inside, uh, and that talks to a radio mast that's set up and dedicated for providing a, a fixed wireless service. Um, but it's been around for some time. In fact, you could, I think we were already doing it with 3G in some places. But uh, mm. it's been used quite a lot in 4G in, in Australia, for instance, as part of the um, the national broadband network there uh, for places which are more remote. Um, and, uh, you know, the economics are up there for actually cabling up all the households. So they've used fixed wireless there to provide an economic service. So it, so it has good opportunities in the rural areas, for instance. To add to that, I live in a suburb uh, in Stockholm, and I mean, I don't have a fiber access. I'm uh, I'm having a, a mobile connection, right? And, and I'm really longing for having millimeter wave connection so that uh, when, when we are working from home, everyone could get uh, uh, a quite good speed. So, yeah, it, it's um, and whenever I see a digger digging down uh, fiber, it, it uh, makes more sense, I, I believe, to have a uh, yeah, yeah but, but it's but but it's even that if you, you know if you if you have a villa house on a, on a large plot and there is no fiber installed to the house even if it goes down the street you still have to pay a, a connection cost for getting the street dug up to put the to put the uh, your your to to get your garden dug up to go from like where it is in the street up to your house if you can provide that economically from a 
transmission point that already already exists and all you have to do is you fit the equipment at your end now, even where fiber is there there are households that could find it attractive and yeah it's seven kilometers is is fairly incredible yeah well uh, maybe i can add that basically the this whole journey of the um millimeter wave extended range um as we as we call it so there's a kilometer long um range on on millimeter wave, it started with exactly such a, a question for, um, for one of the customer unit, so Ericsson people taking care of a particular customer, they, they were wondering, um, their customer had a fixed wireless access network deployed already um, on the LTE, I think it was, uh, so on a sub six gigahertz frequency and, and the distance they covered uh, were in, in the range of 10, 15 kilometers. So they were wondering if for their customer it was worthwhile um, to invest in 5G millimeter wave uh, spectrum. So to require some, some spectrum on millimeter wave to boost the capacity of the network. Because uh, if you just think about this, you know, the typical range of hundreds, a few hundred meters distance, um, if you deploy that on, on a, a network that typically has interside distance, of several dozens of kilometers, then it doesn't appear obvious that it's a good a good choice to do that. Um, so that that that's the type of questions we got basically at the beginning. But but I mean, if you it, it it obviously makes a big difference to the to the operator, but it makes a difference to the consumer as well because the the more equipment the operator needs to install to provide the service, the more expensive it's going to be. And if you're if you're out to seven kilometers range. That's equivalent to to something like 100 square kilometers from from one transmission point. Also, the benefit for the end user is that when you uh, cover on the millimeter wave spectrum, which is very wide, as Anders mm -hmm. was saying, it's like you know 800 megahertz, for instance. Um, so if you're a lucky customer <laughs> and you 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 are covered by this spectrum, you get of course a, a much uh, you know better experience compared to having uh, a one lane network like you were saying earlier so 20 megahertz lte for instance mm, yeah so what is uh, what is holding Anders back from getting his uh, fixed wireless connection then on millimeter wave yeah i think it's uh, first of all spectrum availability i mean we see spectrum is of course available now in in the us uh, with the four uh, bands uh, simultaneously uh, it's a massive amount of spectrum. Then we have in Chile, Finland, Italy, Greece, uh, Korea, Japan, Hong Kong, Taiwan, and so on. Uh, and next countries on the list uh, will be Denmark, Australia, and Sweden, and, and China will be interesting. So I think to start off, I mean, the, the millimeter wave spectrum is not uh, in the country yet. Mm. So mm. some some countries have launched or have had millimeter wave auctions already, and uh, or move the stuff i guess because the reason it's not available is it that it's uh, being used by other um, applications right yes uh, in, in some parts in, in europe is as one example i think the, the satellite providers is one of the users of, of this spectrum and they will then uh, are, are they okay with moving eventually <laughs> Sorry, stupid questions. Everyone, everyone is always reluctant to move out of the spectrum that they already have. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
So that's why it becomes a, you know, a, a kind of a, a government decision as to what the, what the best use is of the spectrum, and that's something that needs to be coordinated between between different countries, which is why we have these uh, world radio conference conferences every four years, is it? We did a podcast and talked about it in twenty after the one in twenty nineteen, Jenny. Yeah, yes, I remember that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Spectrum so is in, a complicated area. Yeah. Spectrum availability. Mm? Yeah. So for something that's kind of natural and you might say free. Yeah. So that is uh, that is holding uh, this uh, the, the use back in in certain areas and some certain countries. When do you think that? That fixed wireless, for instance, when when it will take over uh, fiber, is there a date or is there a time when uh, it will be more um, easy for consumers to use than than fiber? I don't know. Is that a question for Leticia? Well, I can comment. Um, mm? I don't think there is a date. Or it is a cost efficient alternative to uh, fixed broadband. Uh, so in in the mm. areas where it is difficult or not even possible to have fixed broadband, that's where um, one might see the rise of fixed wireless access uh, type of services. I think it won't be either or, it will be both. So yes. it won't replace uh, uh, fiber completely. Mm -hmm. I mean, fiber is very cost effective, uh, particularly, you know, if you've got uh, high population densities and it's easy and it's easy to lay or install, but the economics get more difficult as people get spread out. Yeah, one more question uh, about millimeter wave. I know that there has been some talk about millimeter wave, you know, not being able to go through windows and, and houses. So, but will there still be millimeter wave coverage inside buildings? Or is that just a rumor that it's not, can't cover buildings? No, but we have seen that it uh, penetrates buildings, uh, mm -hmm. not maybe all buildings, but if you have uh, in a suburban area like uh, in in US is one example where houses are made of wood. Then we have some penetration, mm -hmm. uh, but but to get millimeter wave indoor, uh, I mean we are looking into those kind of solutions as well with the uh, radius that is uh, placed indoor. Mm -hmm. But for fixed wireless access, you you can uh, I, I think you, you mount a, a unit, a high power. Uh, device on the window and then you get access to the millimeter wave service indoor. So there yeah. are ways of getting uh, yep. service. Indoor. So, so, so the thing you need is that when you when you send the radio signal through through a window or through a wall, the signal gets weaker and then it's a question of how weak can it get before you can't receive it anymore or, or you can't get a good service. So I think the, you can get millimeter wave indoors, but, it, but you lose a lot of energy and that means that you lose a lot of data speed. So the service, if you, if you stood inside by the window, the speed you would get would be a lot lower than if you were outside by the window. Well, actually, I, I had a question because I'm assuming that because uh, we talked before about uh, beamforming, I'm assuming that what we're talking about here is actually some form of beamforming technology that you're using for, to get this seven kilometer range. Yeah, um, basically beamforming in millimeter wave, it's it's a core part of the technology. It would mm. not work if we didn't have any uh, beamforming. So even for mobile broadband and like, you know, shorter range, this is uh, absolutely crucial beamforming. But even more when you have uh, longer range, since you want to 
you know, make use of most of the energy um, that you receive. So that's yep. that's a, a key technology. But I would say what is even, I mean, what is very specific to this long range uh, on millimeter wave, it is the, you know, how the base station will listen to the signal that re is received for much further away than uh, what we are used to with, you know, shorter range. Um, yep. so, so that's the the most uh, yeah the the specificity with this uh, this technology. Yeah, it's it's interesting because m many people think that the the problem or the challenge with mobile is to actually be able to reach the mobile phone or to be able to reach the the house with a fixed wireless device, because it's, it's normally the other way around. It's the mobile phone or the or the house device that has the the poor antenna and the and the lower level of signal so that it's the it's the signal coming back to the base station which is the difficult one to to receive exactly yeah, yeah. so if you want to reach the the long range there are um, several factors that makes it um, make it a bit more favorable one of them we already discussed this is the deployment should be quite uh, specific uh, for this type of uh, use cases uh, the, the second point would be to have high power radio and high power devices and, and the high power devices would help uh, with the link between the end user equipment towards the radio base station to make it a bit uh, stronger um, yeah, bit and, and more reliable. Mm. And then there is a fourth component. Uh, these are the, you know, the specific changes required in the software to be able to accommodate for the much longer propagation delay compared to regular deployment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this this maybe the last point is a bit uh, obscure. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I can give an example maybe or an analogy. Um, if imagine that that there is a storm with lightning and and thunder. I mean, I don't know how you usually behave in that type of situation. I usually tend to count uh, the number of seconds between the flash of lightning and the sound of thunder, because then I know if it's, uh, you know, only a few seconds, so both are very uh, close to each other, it means the lightning is, is very close to me, uh, and then I should be even more scared. And then if it is very long uh, between the two, it means the lightning is, is far away and I don't have to worry any longer. And then what happens is that uh, when I start counting and it's, I don't know, it, it, it goes beyond, I don't know, let's say 10 seconds, then I simply know, okay, uh, the lightning is far away, I don't have to uh, count any longer. And that's exactly what the base station receiver does. So usually it expects the 5G signal to come within a certain duration. Uh, and if the 5G signals comes from seven kilometers away instead of 500 meters away, uh, then it will simply ignore that one because it will stop listening. So that's, that's clearly not intended for me. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So that that's that's what needs to be changed, basically. We have to adapt to that. It, it, it's a bit like when you have a phone call with someone on the other side of the Atlantic um, and uh, the, the calls get very strange because of the delay in the signal. You, you know, you, you're waiting for somebody to speak and they don't speak uh, because of the delay. And then you start speaking and then they start speaking at the same time because of the delay in their, their speech coming back. You, uh, you have the same problem there with the, the coordinating the timing between exactly yeah. the, the, the terminal transmitting and the base station being ready to send something else. 
Yeah, that's and, cool. and that's the type of challenges that we had to solve with this long range um, deployment. I mean, when we discuss this with our customers, the, the perception is that, okay, it doesn't reach far. But when we say this uh, seven kilometers, then then the reaction is like, it's too good to be true. But, but if we, <laughs> I mean, that's uh, innovation yeah. when it comes to software. Yeah. So, so is this a standardized solution, the thing that you're doing, or is this an Ericsson specific uh, adaptation, if you like, that, that, that is standards compliant? It is an Ericsson specific adaptation. I mean, everything that is related to um, base station receiver, that's something that, you know, you can have different implementation. And mm. what we've done with the long range is Ericsson specific, but fully oh. standard compliant. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks, uh, Andesh and Leticia, for talking to us about 5G millimeter wave. Uh, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And bye. 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 Thank you. Bye bye. It was a pleasure.